Welcome to In Search of the Great America, a virtual road trip to the biggest city and a small town in each state of the Union. 100 guests will be invited to define their great America, past, present, and future. I'm your host, Laura Milkins, and I really want to know, what's your great America? Hello and welcome to In Search of the Great America. Today we have with us in the studio, Tamara Borchardt-Slayton. She is the chairperson for the Paiute Indian Tribe of Utah. Hello, Tamara. Glad to have you on the show. Hello. I'm glad to be on the show. Where did you grow up and what was it like? I grew up in rural Utah in a town called Enoch, Utah. It actually, if you were to think about it, is a suburban of Cedar City, but it's its own town. We have our own mayor, our own city offices. We, for the longest time, didn't have any type of gas station or store, so we'd have to drive into Cedar City, and that's about 10 miles away, so it's not that far off of Cedar City. But um, I grew up in a pretty religious area, and I grew up, one, my elementary school, there was no minority students. We were very rare. There's probably five of us total in Enoch Elementary. And it was a great place for me to grow up. The family and community of Enoch, uh, it's not like that anymore. It's changed and kind of not changed in the sense. It's changed in the sense that uh, there is more diversity here, which is very much needed. But uh, the community that was there is no longer there unless you belong to the dominant culture or dominant religious culture, which is the Mormon church. If you belong to that portion, there is community and involvement. But if you aren't part of uh, the mainstream religious society in Utah, sometimes you kind of feel like an outcast. We currently do have a handful of things now. We have like two little stores, a little pizza place, and a gas station. Well, no, two gas stations. So it's gotten a little bit bigger, but it's still really rural here. When I was little, I grew up where the road wasn't, it wasn't a paved road, which is kind of interesting. And when we'd go outside of play during hunting season, we'd have to wear hunter orange so that the hunters understood that we were people, not animals. And there's only about two houses other than my house on the block. And we knew those individuals that lived there. So as uh, we became more populated here in Enoch, the road obviously got paved. We had more development placed in our area. The most interesting thing about Enoch is there was houses here in the 80s, early 90s. The reason why we had so many vacant houses is because the mine, the iron mine, that was one of the main reasons why individuals moved to Iron County shut down. So there's that kind of like housing bubble that burst. It wasn't as populated, but as other corporations moved into Cedar City, the adjacent town, we had more individuals move and then we're currently being developed. There's not a lot of farmers or ranchers that there used to be here. Was there a time in history that you thought America was great and why? So that question itself is kind of tricky and difficult. Back in 1954, the Paiutes were terminated with federal legislation passed by Arthur. Well, it was passed by Congress, but Arthur Watkins was a senator for the state of Utah, and he pushed for this legislation to be passed. So every single 
tribe in the state of Utah was put on the chopping block. The Paiute band, because there wasn't a single sole person speaking on behalf of the entire bands, because there's five bands. Indian Peak, Cedar, Shivwitz, Kanash, and Kasharam were located from Washington County, so southwestern Utah, all the way up to south central Utah. So that's a big portion of the state. We had our own autonomy, um, our own government functions. We weren't uh, cohesive as one. And so in 1954, because they wanted this one singular person to speak for all the Paiutes, that wasn't going to happen. So we were terminated. During 1954 until 1980, it was a really rough time for us. If we lived out, my family actually is from Beaver, Utah, actually Indian Peaks. It's a wildlife refuge now. We lost our reservation property due to taxation because we didn't understand taxes. It was foreign to us. So the state of Utah purchased it and it's a wildlife refuge now. Much like all the other Paiute bands, if you didn't have somewhere to go, you were kind of forced into a more populated area. So we were moved to Cedar City and we lived on a plot of property purchased by the Relief Society of the Mormon Church, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And that's where we were able to stay. Housing infrastructure was horrible during that time. Healthcare was horrible. For every one birth, there was three deaths. A lot of our children didn't make it to adulthood. So by the time 1980 rolled around, we had maybe 400 Paiute tribal members from all five bands, when before there was an abundance, but not necessarily one. Termination happened because we were forced to assimilate into the dominant culture. So the reason why I bring up termination and restoration for us is a great time for the Paiute tribe was when President Nixon was in office, his administration. And on July 8th, 1970, he gave a speech. And in his speech, he talked about self-determination without termination because his administration ended the termination era for tribes because tribes were being terminated by Nixon's administration. There was 111 tribes total that were terminated. And there are tribes now still trying to be uh, reauthorized through congressional legislation. So it takes a lot of time for that to happen. So it's the slow, gradual buildup for tribes in itself. So I would say a great time for at least the Paiutes was during the Nixon administration when the termination legislation was no longer available, which allowed us to start the process for reauthorization and ultimately leading up to April 3rd, 1980, when Congress passed the restoration legislation um, known as the Paiute Indian Tribe of Utah Restoration Act. For us, that's it. What is great about America now for you? For me personally, it's a struggle. I want to say America is a great nation, but it's, it's difficult at this time. Because I, I see my um, tribal members struggling. I see my neighbors struggling. I see my family struggling. I can't really say that America is great right now. It's just difficult. At this current period that we're in, it's difficult. Because 
we're watching a administration and I always go back to our government because if they were true leaders, they would be able to believe in science, believe in doctors, believe in professionals that dedicated their lives to learn specific things so that they could make as a collective an informed decision that would help the American people, the American society, tribal societies. Our current administration that we have in the White House has done everything possible to wreck our belief system, meaning that Obama enacted the Tribal, Na- the tribal Nation Conference. Obama was willing to understand tribal nations and the unique status that we have, that it's a nation-to-nation consultation. There's a belief in science and there's a belief in all these things. Now this current administration doesn't necessarily believe in those things. The Tribal Nation Conference was canceled. There's that that unique government-to-government relationship. Uh, It's been a battle for tribes these last four years to be heard and consulted. The great thing that happened with this administration is Operation Lady Justice. That is acknowledging the fact that there's a huge disappropriation amount of individual missing, murdered Indigenous women, but also now they're they're calling it MMIP, which is Missing Murdered Indigenous Person, because they're finally figuring out that there is a huge disconnect with data and trying to figure out why we have a large portion of a specific race going missing or murdered and there's nothing being done about it. Just living in this ideal great America, I don't see it with the amount of people I know that are currently suffering. What does your great America look like in the future? I think a great America would look like a melting pot of diversity, of acceptance, of knowledge, of having faith in individuals that have dedicated their lives to understanding a specific subject and not necessarily taking their word for it. But if you're a critic yourself, being able to, instead of just hopping onto social media and believing what you see is the truth or watching the news stations and believing that's the truth, going out and investigating for yourself, reading, being more, I want to say cultured, accepting and wanting to understand your neighbors and to understand the society that we live in today because it's progressed. And so even in my lifetime, because I'm 34 years old, I'm considered a millennial. I've gotten to see America in pretty interesting dynamics. I remember the internet. I remember it being the dial tone where you dial in and you hope no one calls your house because if they do, then you're get, you'll get kicked off. I remember that. I remember the early stages of social media, of MySpace and Facebook, and now it's grown. But I also remember when people relied on facts that are black and white instead of trying to get their news off of social media. So I think in the future that if we have acceptance that we are a melting pot society, that we are diverse, and that we investigate and learn instead of just getting our information, which is misinformation from our neighbor down the street, then we'd be more of an accepting culture. Who are we when we are our best? Who are we when we are at our best is is an interesting question because 
everybody's answer is going to be different, but who am I when I'm at my best? And that's the only thing I could think about because it's going to sound so cliche, but the world is full of beautiful things. It's just trying to decipher exactly what those beautiful things are. Our best self is when we wholeheartedly accept ourselves for who we are. And we are willing and accepting to teach other individuals about our process of thinking and why we think those things without being combative, wanting to instigate fighting or hatred, but be willing to accept the fact that every single one of us is different and that we would have a better society and be better accepting of ourselves if we just listened just listened and able instead of rebuttaling with meanness in our hearts figured out why the individual thinks that so our best selves is actually trying to figure out who we are is that the, that's the difficult thing thanks so much for being on the show i really appreciate you answering these questions and giving it some thought thank you so much thank you for listening to in search of the great america Today's episode had music by Valentin Sochnitsky. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing to the podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud. For show notes and more information on the podcast, please visit our website, greatamericaproject.com. Thank you.